Hello, hello everyone. Wow, it's been a while, hasn't it? Quite the while. Um, but yeah, I'm back and today I'm doing something fairly, you know, casual and I'm just reviewing one of my personal favourite horror movies of all time, Phantasm. Now, one of the main reasons I'm reviewing this film is, well, because it's one of my favourites, but also because, like Maniac Cop, is severely underrated. Honestly, check it out before I do the review because it's so good. It's it's that good that I'd say it's probably the inspiration for Slenderman. You, you'll see what I mean because the tall man does look a lot like Slenderman and he's got a lot in common with him. Um, but yeah, um, I'm very familiar with this film and it's been one of my favourites for quite a while. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it made my top 10 quite, definitely top 15, maybe my top 10. I have done my top 10 horror movies before on here, and I didn't include it, I don't think. But my favourite horror movies change every day, especially in the lower half, like 5 to 10. They, they can change a lot, um, so the chances are it is. Um, yeah, let's just stop talking and get right into it. So, the movie was directed by Don Cascarelli and it spawned a whole franchise for other movies, for sequels, and the first film was created in 1979, I think, yeah, 1979, not 78. But, actually, although when you watch the film you might think it's one of those simple ones to make, it actually took quite a while. I think it took a whole year to film and all that. Um, and also, the film was going to be three hours long. But they had to shorten it down. But, honestly, there was so much more story that we were missing out on on the first one. That's quite crazy. Um, but, yeah, I think the film's around... Um, I think it's about two hours. I'm not... Sure, it's been a while since I saw it. Uh, I should rewatch it. I've seen it a few times, but I love rewatching my favourites. Um, yeah, but it's certainly not three, four hours. Um, there was three alternate endings. Sorry, no, two alternate endings, and then the original. The original's probably the least interesting and my least favourite. Mm. And yeah, the original ending is when he falls down the mine shaft and just gets trapped. That's how Tom and supposedly dies. And then oh, I forgot the third one. I'm sorry. I think there's a third one. But anyway, the other one or the second one, I find it a lot more interesting because it shows. It sort of teases that the Tom man has a weakness. Because he has an insane amount of durability. He can regrow body parts and the body parts that have been chopped off just turn into these friggin' fly things. He's a very overpowered character. But you find out that his weakness might be, f uh, be f to be froze. And it was referenced earlier in the film when he was outside an ice cream parlour and he just sort of stood there and he couldn't bear it. Um, and yeah, 
he sort of gets frozen and explodes. And I find that a lot more interesting. But obviously it's a horror movie, so the, the villain's going to be back for the sequel. Except they have a very val valid reason for bringing the villain back. It's not just, oh, we somehow survived it. There's actually... It makes a tall man probably the most overpowered character in existence. Like, when I say existence, I mean the whole of fiction. Um, but yeah, um, I'll just sort of give a review of the film. So the budget was about... The budget was very low. It was about 250000 um, which makes you wonder what those other two hours of the film consisted of. Um, but um, actually a lot of the cast, because there wasn't that many cast members, it, there was about four or five main ones, um, but a lot of the sort of extras and supporting cast members were um, the families of the actors, like especially in the funeral scene, the people behind, the, the mothers and fathers. Also... Angus Scrim is six foot four, um, and yeah, that's pretty tall. I've got a mate uh, called Johnny, six foot four, um, yeah, which is a bit, you know, <laughs> but um, uh, s there's multiple scenes where they had to make him look taller, so he's simply just standing on like a load of pillars. Um, yeah, and I think he gets up to about six foot seven, something like that. But yeah, pretty tall. Um, so the tall man himself, he, he he looks pretty casual, to be honest. He's just a very tall man in a sort of black um, black suit. Um, he's got his hairline goes very far back and grey hair. Um, he's played by Angus Scrim, who sadly passed away. A few years ago, um, of old age, but he lived till about ninety. So, rest in peace. But um, Angus Scrim as the tall man is the main selling point for this movie for me. Like the movie still holds up on its own anyway. It's still great, but Angus Scrim as the tall man is a very good piece of casting. And when I say very good, I mean it's one of the best. Um, his performance, it's so... I don't know how to describe it. It's just creepy, but not the sort of usual creepy you'd expect. Like, the usual sort of creepy you think, think of, especially nowadays, is all jump scares and being in dark forests. But he's sort of mysterious. He's mysterious, but in a creepy way. And that's what makes the tall man terrifying. And as I'm... Sure, I said at the start of the video, he's probably not. There's no proper evidence, I don't think, but he's probably the inspiration for Slenderman. I mean, come on, they're both very tall guys in suits. They barely speak. They're both killers. You know, there's a lot they have in common. Um, and Slenderman is one of the most recognisable figures on the planet. And a full icon of horror, but the tall man gets nowhere near as much recognition as he deserves. Like, the casual horror movie fan won't know him. Hardcore ones will probably know him. But 
he deserves more praise in my opinion. It's the movie should be just as well rounded as say Halloween, in my opinion. No, that, that is my opinion though. Um But yeah, the the other characters themselves, like Michael Baldwin I think. Um sorry, that's who he's playing. And he plays a guy called Mike. And he's a kid. I, I don't know how old. I can't really decide. Maybe 12, 13, 15. But, and I know a lot of people give a lot of hate to child actors. And I can see where they come from a lot of the time. I could only name a few movies where I do like the child actors. Like, maybe Pet Cemetery or both It movie. Well... The eight miniseries and the two part, um, sorry, the two movies, the remake, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then there will be a few others, like maybe the casual one in Doctor Who or something. But rarely you get good child actors. A lot of the time they are pretty bad. Um, but... Michael Baldwin, surprisingly good. He's, I don't know, he's sort of like your average 80s kid, 70s kid, rather. Um, and he feels like that at first, but he does have a sense of suspicion for the tall man. Like, obviously, because he saw the tall man flipping, pick up, a casket, a dead body casket, um, a coffin, sorry, and bring, just pick it up and f put it into his, uh, pickup van thing, like, wow, and I, I know the scene doesn't look amazing because you can see the wires holding the sort of harness for it to make it way less for Angus Scrim, but it's still, if you don't see that, and it is pretty difficult to see, it's still awesome. Like, it's like in Candyman, the bit where he sort of flies out through the window. It looks amazing, but when you see the wire, it does, mm, it does make you sort of go, mm. Um, yeah, um, Michael Baldwin does an amazing job as a, a child actor, technically he's a child actor, um, but he's not like very really young. Um, then, um, sorry, I don't know the name of the person who plays Reggie. Uh, my apologies to him, but he's still very good as the sort of I call him the supporting ish character because. He's sort of there and he helps out with the plot a bit, but he um, he doesn't really, he's not really a sort of final character, he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't survive the whole movie, because he survives all the films, but um, he's sort of only there when you need him, but he's still, I, I love Reggie, aside the tall man himself, Reggie's probably my favourite, um, yeah. So, mm, I think um, I think I've gone through quite a, a bit. Um, I just need to think if there's anything more to add on. Um, well, 
Um, I think I've said that the Tartan Man doesn't speak a lot, but when he does speak, you he he's, he says some pretty creepy stuff, like. Um, and the voice that Angus Scrim puts on is amazing. Also, the whole concept of the film was a dream that um, Don Cascarelli had, which I think is brilliant. He had a dream that he was in a mausoleum being chased by flying spheres, and then he came up with Phantasm. I think it's brilliant that he came up with it from a dream. I mean, I could come up with many stories from a lot of my dreams, but they wouldn't be as intriguing as and as creative as that. Um, well, hmm, I, I did have a dream a few nights ago that I was with my crush, um, doing stuff. Anyway, um, off that subject, um, yeah, this film is probably, um, it's definitely in my top ten list of underrated films. Where would it be placed? Um, well, at number one for that, it would probably have to be Jimmy Grimble. Number two, Maniac Cop. Maybe Phantasm at number three. On number four, uh, Reanimator in front, maybe. Because although Reanimator's been given a treatment by James A. Janice to help raise popularity, it still deserves to be more popular. It deserves to be... It deserves to be a proper classic. Um, what else? Maybe The Prowler underrated? Nah, I don't know. Nah, I'll put Phantasm at number three in terms of underrated films for me. Um, but yeah, honestly, go watch it. I'd probably give it a nine out of ten. Like, is there anything wrong with it? Maybe it does feel a bit drawn out. So, at least, maybe at least it wasn't three hours. Maybe that's a good thing. But, um, yeah. It is drawn out, and yes, sadly, the effects have dated. And, you know, I showed, I showed um, my dad a bit of it a bit ago. Uh, you know, the um, the most memorable scene from the film, of the people who have seen it, where um, one of the spheres just goes into a, a guy's head and drills into it, and he laughed at that. Um... And I felt bad because it's dated, I know, but ah well, it I don't I don't get bothered by dated effects. If the plot's good and all that, then I'm honestly fine with dated effects. In fact I have a thing for dated effects, like the Evil Dead, the evil original Evil Dead movie or The Exorcist, people probably look back on them now thinking, How are people scared of this forty years ago? Um, and yeah, I can see where they're coming from with that, but I just don't think it's very fair. you got to appreciate things for what they are, and you got to appreciate Phantasm for what it was as well. So, yeah, um, please go watch it, as I've said. Uh, it's an amazing film. Also, if you like the original, you might want to watch the sequels as well, the, the four sequels. I'd, I'd give number two, I'll, I'll do other reviews on them at some point, I might even rank the franchise, but I'd give number two maybe a six out of ten, it's not great, but 
the effects are better, the effects are much better, and that uplifts it, and Angus Scrim, obviously. But, mm. Then, number three, I'd give mm, seven out of ten. Uh, number four, another seven out of ten. And number five, unfortunately, I'd give number five a five out of ten, because it, it's not bad, but it's just a disappointment. It's like the Phantom Menace of Phantasm, because the Phantom Menace wasn't bad, but it was disappointing. Like, if it wasn't a Star Wars movie, it would be pretty popular, but... Um, Phantasm Ravager was very disappointing for 25 years worth of waiting. Like, literally, nothing big happened, nothing explosive, and... You know, it just sort of disappointed fans a bit. But, you know, I'll talk more in depth about that someday. But, yeah. So, yeah, this is Blood Talk signing off. Bye-bye.